0: Hey everyone. Welcome back to the Taiwanese Diaspora podcast. This is episode six. Ta Jahao Hi Chen, thank you so much for joining me today. Excited to hear about your childhood, uh, moving from Taiwan to Hong Kong to the U.S. So thank you so much. Let's get started. Uh, <shriek> Chen
1: 我剩两个都好我的中文名字叫冷一千 okay, um, 比较不一样的地方是 and then um to uh twin sister uh, someone 汤圆啊, I was born in Taiwan. We moved to Hong Kong when I was maybe 15, 14. So we went through junior high and high school there. And then we moved to the US when I was doing the last year of high school and up until then um, we were in private school throughout in Taiwan and Hong Kong and there was a bit of cultural shock coming to U.S. and going into the public school system.
0: So you said you moved with your your dad's job or your parents job what sort of work were they doing that allowed you to move um, so many times?
1: So my dad was in uh, shipping so he worked for an ocean liner company. Um, the founder is actually located out of Hong Kong. So he was moved to Hong Kong to the headquarter office and then moved out to the US to take over the US office. I think one of your other podcasts talks about the immigrants around time being either um, or something like who uh, had money, or the投資, um, which my parents didn't fit into any of them, but they have a lot of friends um, in both groups from Taiwan.
0: Do you have any uh, memories of interesting, and I want to go back to the school stuff. So when you were in Taiwan for school, did you have like a To Or I hear about stories of, you you know, you bring your 边当 to school, and then there's someone who like oh. did up...
1: Yeah, the yeah. Whole class. <laughs> yeah, now so we always have our lunch box, no box. And then yeah, the teacher whoever whoever's assigned to do it for that day or the week, I can't even remember, they would collect all the lunch box and then found out the gum. There's a big like a the the machine in the back of the classroom, I think, and heat up everybody's lunch. I
0: always
1: thought that was so cool, <laughs> yeah, and then those are the you know you'll go to a hole for your staff and and then the seating assignments based on you know, how well you do in class, which is counterintuitive because you probably want the poor performing students sitting in the front, I suppose, the back, you know. Oh, wow. So it's not alphabetical or it's no, all advice for Your uh, ranking of your grades. Wow. Yeah. That, that was fun. <laughs> not very, um, not very helpful, yeah, for poor performing students, but you know that was how it was.
0: And did you find that? Like, I also heard that. I don't know if they still do it. Like, that the teachers moved around because in the U.S. and when we go to school, we like the students move to the different classrooms.
1: Yeah, we no, we always stay in one classroom, and the teacher comes and goes based on which what you know what period it is, which what they what they're teaching, and then. You're in the you're in your assigned seat for probably this semester because the grades based on the whole semester or quarter, I can't remember.
0: Oh my gosh. Yeah. And then did you have um, to go to these like extra Bushipan and all that stuff that all the kids do nowadays?
1: We didn't do that much of it. Um there was some of it, you know we did um team class, you know. And oh, that yeah. was it. Yeah. And then uh, I think my parents, they weren't that rigid in that sense because, I don't know if it's because they both did their um, graduate degree in U.S., mm-hmm. so um, in some way, they're not so, um, I don't know, close-minded or traditional in that sense.
0: Mm-hmm. In Hong Kong, was it like in Taiwan where you have to and then, like, they score you, and then you can pick where you want to go for high school? Is that how they did it in Hong Kong? Mm,
1: Oh, yeah, no. So we were in an international school for, I guess, junior high and high school. It's all all one school, one system. So we didn't have the test There is something at the end, I guess it's the UK system. So there is a test at the end for scoring for college applications. But we didn't, we weren't there for that. Um, I think going from Taiwan to Hong Kong, it was uh, a lot more uh, free and fun because we're in an international class with teachers from all over the place and it's not as rigid and The I guess the education and the way they teach is a lot more lively. And then there was Chinese classes, which we it's based on your Chinese level skill. So we were in the obviously the more skill section being majors. I remember arguing with teachers in class about stuff just because I didn't like the teacher or what she, she was saying. So it wasn't. At all, like how it is back in Taiwan, where you know it's one directional. And I guess
0: even more strange yeah, when um, you came to the
1: U.S. <laughs> yeah, and then coming to the U.S. is a, a bit of cultural shock because so we went to we were in private school throughout, and then coming to the U.S., we just went to the local public high school just because you know it was closed and it was a decent ranking school, but. The campus was old and they had portable classrooms, which is common in California. But when my sister and I toured the school the first time, we were in tears because we never seen a school like this. We are like, our school in Hong Kong was a brand new building with pools and gyms. And and then to see a classroom in a portable container box was like going to the the slums or something.
0: (laughs) Yeah, my high school had like twenty one of those because our school was just so big and they ran out of room. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: They couldn't quite keep up with the expansion and whatnot. Now, the that public school we went to has been renovated. It looks great. But at the time when we went it was so old and, you know, like patched up. <laughs> So you said you as, as, uh, yeah, uh, as or Cantonese? Right, Cantonese. yeah, because, you know, um, I, guess, um, I guess the identity formation took hold. So yeah, I um, had more friends from Hong Kong at first, when I first moved here.
0: Do you think it's changed at all over the years that you've been in the U.S.?
1: Uh, yeah, definitely. And and that's changed over the time because I think it's just the initial transitional years uh, where we just left Hong Kong and all my friends were in Hong Kong and we spoke Cantonese. And I think after maybe three, four years, I started having more Taiwanese friends. Uh, So towards um, halfway of my college years, probably, um, I started having more Taiwanese friends and they all told me they thought I'm... from Hong Kong, and I'm not Taiwanese, because I hung out with um, people from Hong Kong only before. So
0: how many languages do you speak?
1: So Cantonese, Mandarin,
0: and English. Since you've lived in different countries, what do you think the distinguishing differences are, you know, being a Taiwanese in Taiwan, Taiwanese in Hong Kong, and then
1: Taiwanese Hong Kong in the U.S.? I guess I didn't think about Taiwanese being in Hong Kong, because we kind of just start. Assimilated to, um, you know, Hong Kong's language, culture, whatnot. I'm coming here. Um, at first, I didn't think of myself as Taiwanese. I just considered myself Chinese, so it's a general label. And then because well, my parents, um, they are uh, born in China and then moved to Taiwan. Or at least my dad. So um, we're kind of consider ourselves Chinese from Taiwan as opposed to label ourselves Taiwanese Mm -hmm. which is confusing for any non-Asian but now I mean now that I'm older it doesn't really matter it's like you speak Chinese great you speak Cantonese cool (laughs) that works yeah Um, it's just another connection point with people now yeah Uh
0: So how was it, how difficult was it when you moved to Hong Kong and had to, did you know Cantonese before you went?
1: No, um, that, that was a tough transition, but also easy because we were younger. So picking up new language is a lot easier um, because we were so young it was only at the beginning where, you know, we couldn't understand because we went to an international school in Hong Kong, so they, everything was taught in English. And then the student amongst themselves speak Cantonese, uh, even though there's Chinese classes, but that's not the pre- predominant uh, language amongst uh, the classmates. So um, at the beginning, it was a little hard, but then, you know, kids pick up things so quickly. You know, I'm in the same class with my sister, so. We always have each other and then we venture out and start meeting friends together so so that made it a lot easier
0: oh that's
1: really cool yeah i'd say coming to the u.s was a tougher transition because we're very set in our ways and wanted to stay with our friends we resisted in coming and we were very upset being in this new environment where, um, like in Hong Kong, we were we can get around ourselves, go out with our friends after school. Coming to the U.S. and living in the suburb means we can't go anywhere without a car, without getting picked up and dropped off by somebody. So that was a tougher transition, I think partly because we were older and we were a teenager and hormonal. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a tough, tough age to move. I actually thought um, where the school we went to in the suburb, even though it's in California, is not very um, Asian. Or well, I have to say, I'm uh, I was pretty snobby about my definition of Chinese. Mm-hmm. If you don't speak Chinese, you're not Chinese to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> at the time so I always thought um, a lot of the people um, even though they're Asian looking that they're born here they don't speak their mother tongue as as, as I would consider they, I don't consider them very Asian so at the time we only uh, me and my sister were hung out with a couple of the other people that moved here um, later in life and speaks Chinese or Cantonese
0: And then in college, like what what did you, what sort of, what did you find yourself attracted to? Like what type of groups did you want to be part of? Did you ever have any sort of identity exploration?
1: So, um, initially I was uh, associating myself with um, people from Hong Kong, so these are mostly the international students that was either here um, as transfer students or they moved here for school, uh, as opposed to the ones growing up here. At first it was just specifically Hong Kong, and then I expanded it up to kids from Taiwan. So definitely uh, associate so- myself with people not born here, not being born here myself.
0: So, so you said you have a twin sister as well.
1: Yes what's it like growing up with a twin sister well people always have the same questions Um, like you know do you feel her you know her pain or this and that people always probably end up asking us that growing up it was almost nice and very comforting to have a twin sister because we're always in the same class we're always in the Um, same grade, going to school together. So I have a default uh, best friend. And then after we moved here, we kind of start to go our separate ways. So we were in different colleges. And actually, she lives in London now, and I live in San Francisco. So we're not that close in proximity, but we still talk pretty regularly. But uh, what's funny is because we moved around and we picked up, you know, Cantonese, Mandarin and English all throughout this time, um, when we talked, we intermix the the three a lot. And I've we've had uh, like other people that listen to us and, and get really confused <laughs> I to like, what are you guys saying? That's so which is which is nice. 'Cause I think they talk about twins being babies about developing their own language. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, but I think as grow ups now, we kind of have like a, a mix of languages just based on our background. Did you know you wanted to stay in the U.S. after college? Um, well, because my parents are here, even though um, I visited Hong Kong and Taiwan throughout my student years and thought about uh, finding a job in Taiwan, but that didn't really happen just because, you know, my parents are here. Mm -hmm. And they they stayed. That's cool. How did
0: your sister end up in London?
1: So she was working uh, in New York and then moved with her company to London. And then um, I think in New York, that's where she met her her husband, who's from London. And when he moved back uh, to London, she kind of, you know, figured out a way to have her company move her there. Yeah, always follow love. <laughs> yeah, this I don't know. Cannot say a wonderful. But I think fun. Somehow, I we both end up marrying non-Asians. So she married a British guy who's white, and then my husband is Jewish. So I don't know. Somehow through all these moving around, we've got further from our roots in a way maybe my sister she's even in school she's always dated non-asian but yeah i thought that was interesting
0: it sounds like you and your sister were both really lucky to have each other growing up
1: uh and then well Baba Ma um, which um, leaves out my husband sometimes because he doesn't speak Chinese he can you try to figure out what, what's going on sometimes, but um so my older your first language is Chinese because that's the first one she learned Actually, I think that kind of sound started to speak more and more English, yeah, we'll see how long I can keep it up. <laughs> 那你是用什么样的教学方式？他现在是嗯，在Montessori的Pre um, preschool Pretty regularly, I will from Taiwan buy Chinese books so that um she can have books in Chinese that I read with her when she turns three. Because she's actually teaching wow. Chinese, so I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah. So she'll have um afternoon Chinese emergent program while she's there. So. I think now it's okay because I can't quite do that with her or I haven't figured out how to do that with her at home.
0: Yeah. How do you stay connected to your Chinese roots? Do you have favorite foods you like to eat or cook? Do you watch any movies or listen to any music to
1: be current? I wish I have more time for for movies and stuff. I haven't been keeping up with the latest you know, movies and TV shows. I used to binge watch that in college. Now I think the only way I stay um, connected to my roots is really primarily on Facebook with the different groups I joined. That's probably where where I found you is the raising bilingual children. That's been very helpful. And then just through that, uh, and now that my uh, I have a daughter, in her school meeting other parents. Although um, I'm meeting a lot of Chinese parents from China, I'm not running into as many um, Taiwanese parents through my daughter's school. Yeah. Yeah, I was just actually I was just commenting to my husband like I'm meeting all these mainlanders. Where are all the Taiwanese? <laughs> Well maybe I'll get connected um, somehow. Of, <laughs> yeah, hopefully. Um, in terms of eating, I don't cook as much Taiwanese or Chinese food as much as I like, but that's that's where I think my parents being around and living close to them is helpful. And then now it's so amazing. Like my mom joined this WeChat group called Mama Mace. And then there's these uh, other Chinese people who cook and maybe sell whatever they're cooking if they for some extra, you know, cash and whatnot. Yeah. So that's been like a great source of getting uh really authentic Chinese food. Um one lady she made uh the ya at home. So wow. you buy it for $40 and then she has all the tongue cut up, the sauce mixed up, and then the, the bean you can heat up and just wrap and eat. Oh like, my gosh,
0: that's amazing. That's pretty amazing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then you also mentioned that you love talking about your daughter and the good old days before kids. Any insights for people before they have kids?
1: <laughs> I think before kids... Um with me and my husband from like different culture, that was a good exploratory phase where you know I try to make different things for him to try, and we would do different celebrations for his holidays. Now we don't have as much time with our daughter. But it's a different kind of exploration because from her perspective, like, uh, we do, you know, different kids' events through, you know, the different major holidays and whatnot. But yeah, it's, I would say it's an exploration still, but from a different perspective.
0: Well, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. No
1: problem. Where, where are you located? I'm in Boston.
0: Um, I lived in California for just a little over a year and it was amazing. Just the food. Access to food was was really nice. Yeah.
1: I <laughs> think more so in um, Southern California and LA. Yeah.
0: Anyway, Xiuan Kei yeah the Taiwan
1: and maybe ex- exchange recipes at some point. <laughs> yeah. Um well I know Facebook. And all these different ones. Mama yeah. Okay. So I don't know. I guess okay. we can talk again another time
0: though.
1: Okay. Well, if you have anything else you wanna to talk to me about, happy to look forward to um, hearing more of your podcast. Thank you so much. Have a sure. good
0: day. Shout to Jen. Thank you. Bye. If please reach out over social media on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at T-W-D-I-A-S-P-O-R-A, or shoot me an email at hello at TaiwaneseDiaspora.com.